week. We've had a good week. Melissa is back, and so I'm excited about that. I have ate much better this week than I did last week. But we uh, are so glad to have you here. Um, one of our youth wanted to come up and just do a couple of quick thank yous, and so I'm going to let her come up and do that now, and I'll hand that over to her. Okay, as I was told to do just a few seconds ago, stand up if you went to Winter Jam. Okay, so have a few thank yous, and they don't know about this. So first I'd like to thank Bill and Sharon Freezy and Ryan and Missy Bailey for driving us and bearing through all of the loud music last night. <laughs> and um, I'd also like to thank Adam and Julie, our awesome Sunday school teachers and youth leaders. Um for their cinnamon rolls every morning and <laughs> their um, just their leadership like the big leadership roles that they provide for us and my mommy <laughs> she doesn't know about this either um, for providing food for us every Wednesday night and um, and just um, just all for um, my dad, too. Um, <laughs> and just all four of them for making sure that we still have a youth program. So, that's all I got. And Micah Bailey. Oh, yes. Micah Bailey. Where you at? <laughs> Thank you, Micah. Thank you very much. I'm going to pray, and then we can stand and welcome one another um, and see if you can find a visitor this morning. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you, and we are so incredibly thankful that we get an opportunity to come to this place this morning and to worship you with all that we are, Lord, and we know that you're deserving of it because you are our creator, because you are our savior. We just ask this morning that you would show up, that your Holy Spirit would be poured out in this place, that we would see the impact of that spirit through our lives, and that we would be transformed this morning through your word and through your worship. We pray all of this in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand and welcome one another, and then we'll start worship here shortly.
that morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. And when I die, Hallelujah, by and
greater, greater He's greater, greater this morning. We thank you for those that prepare each week to bring us the music and, and lead in that. We thank you for our pastor and um, we're looking forward to the message that he will bring from you today. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to provide, to participate in your kingdom through giving and um, just throughout this week, help us to value you more than anything else. In your name we pray. Amen.
Presence. 
Spirit, Lord, to be present in this place today. We just ask you to be with Brother Brian as he brings your message. Help us to have open hearts and minds, Lord, to hear what he has to say to us. Help us to be able to grow individually from um, what he has to tell us, Lord, but not just individually, Lord, but as we corporately come together as a body of believers, Lord, we lift up your name. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, if the kids want to come forward. Oh, oh now not everybody run at once. Hey, fella. How's it going? Hello? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I put it out there and then totally didn't finish off. Sorry. How's it going? Hey, can I sit there? Sorry. You can sit here. How's everybody doing? Good. I want to share with you guys a verse real quick. It's in 1 Corinthians. And really, I'd love for you guys for, to read the whole thing to you, but I don't think you guys want me to do that. It's, it's in 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And it says, For just as the body is one and many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, that may not be as clear as you would like it to be, but basically what it means is that as believers, as a church, we have a lot of different people here, and they all have a place and a purpose, okay? I have some things that I want you guys to help me hold on to, okay? Girls, would one of you take that? Okay, oh, careful, it's a little heavy. Okay, who wants the hammer? Anybody want the hammer? Oh, there's other cool stuff to come. Who wants the saw? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I got another hammer here. Somebody want a hammer? You want a hammer? You can have a hammer. Okay, I got some drill bits. Somebody want the drill bits? Can you hand those over? Oh, yep, you can drop them. That's fine. Level? You want the level? Yes. Okay. What about tape measure? Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah okay. Tape measure? <laughs> you want a screwdriver? Don't stab anybody. There you go. Level? Anybody want a level? You want a level? Yeah? Okay. Very good. Uh, who wants the pliers? You want the pliers? Come here. You get the voltage meter. Oh, you got a hammer. Here. You get the voltage meter. All right. And then we got one more. Who else? Who doesn't have one? There you go. You get that. All right. So here's the thing. All of us have different tools, don't we? All of us have different gifts and abilities. If we were going to build a table... We would need most of these tools, wouldn't we? 
Yeah? So, like, if we were going to build a table and we didn't have, let's say, the level, what would be the problem? The table wouldn't be level. You'd put a ball on it or you'd put your food on it and just roll right off, wouldn't it? Okay, if we didn't have the drill, what would be the problem? Uh, We're going to let somebody... The screw would, the, the would just fall off. Yeah, the screws would just fall out of it. We wouldn't be able to get them tight and the whole table would just fall over. If we didn't have the tape measure, what would happen? We, don't, we wouldn't know what size. We wouldn't know what size anything was. Okay? So we have all of these different tools, and all of them have a place, don't they? If we were going to build something, we would need every single one of them. Maybe not so much the voltage meter, but we would need all of them to build that table, wouldn't we? And this is the, this is the application. This is the point that I want you guys to hear, is that the same is true in the church. The same is true with each one of you. That you guys each have a talent. You guys each have a gift. God has made you special. He has made you unique. And if we took any one of you out of the equation, we took any one of you out of the church, the church would not be the same. And if any one of your mom and dads weren't here, then the church would not be able to build what God has told us to build. And so we all have a part. We all have something that God has given us that we're supposed to do. Okay? All right, I'm going to pray, and then I need my tools back because I have a feeling that bad things are going to happen. We're already trying to saw the steps up. So let me pray, and then you guys can put the tools back in the bucket, okay? Thank you guys for doing so well with those. Father, we just come before you this morning, and we are so incredibly thankful that you have given us talents, that you've given us the gifts and abilities, and that you have placed us here in this church to use those things. Lord, help us to identify how you want us to do that. Lord, help us to learn how to be a part of the church. Lord, thank you for these children. Thank you for their patience. Thank you for their listening skills. And we pray that you bless them and their families. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, there's the bucket. You want me to put it back? Thank you, guys. You guys did fantastic. Thank you. I'll take that. What does this do? It's got here. Let me show you. We got a moment while everybody's doing everything. Whoa. Whoa, right. <laughs> Can I have my screwdriver? Yep, thank you very much. All right. Go back to mom and dad. You're over there. Today a man is somewhere Proclaiming the good news Winning families to Jesus All around his neighborhood He tells them that God is able To make their house a home He wants to win his world to Christ But he can't do it alone But each one can reach one As we follow after
after Christ, we all can lead one, we can lead one to the Savior, then together we can tell the world that Jesus is the way, if we each one reach one. His message is unchanging, go ye into all the world, and share the love of Jesus, fall away or door to door, you see just like somebody told you, that Jesus loves you so, you must tell someone who will tell someone, until the As we follow after Christ, we all can lead one, we can lead one to the Savior. Then together we can tell the world that Jesus is the way. If we each one reach one, so. So will you go and labor? Will you hold high your light? One by one and two by two, we can win our world for Jesus Christ. Each one can reach one as we follow after Christ. We all can lead one, we can all lead somebody to the Savior. Then together we can tell the world that Jesus is the way, if we each one. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I feel like I don't need to preach now. We can just go home. <laughs> no, not okay. <sighs> Nice try. You try to say something nice, and just somebody always takes it out of context, does their own thing. Well, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Sorry, I'm taking a little longer than normal to get settled. So glad that you're here this morning and that you have come. Um, we were joking around last week that I ended the service by asking you to pray, knowing that this week was going to be a week of commitment. Um, for how God wants to use you in one of the four, or more than one of the four fields that we've been talking about the last four weeks, and we really expected this to be the low attendance Sunday. Um, but we're glad that you came and that you're here, and we hope um, that you have already had an opportunity to worship, that you've already had an opportunity to experience Christ this morning. 
um, because that's what we desire to do. We desire to be transformed by His Spirit. Like I said, this is the end um, of our series on joining God in the fields, of joining Him um, in the work that He has set before us. And again, we're going to be in Mark 4, 26 through 29, if you want to go there. And then our other verse will be 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And so you can go ahead and begin finding that as well. As you do that, um, I just kind of want to remind us again of those four fields and what we've been talking about for the last four weeks. I believe that God is very intentional in designing the church and putting in front of her specific things so that she might accomplish much for the glory of God and for His kingdom. And I believe that if we, as we've looked at these four fields these, this last month, that everything that God would desire to accomplish through the church, that they can fit into one of these four areas. The first field that we talked about was finding empty fields, finding those places where God is already doing a work amongst us and amongst the people that we live around. And so in order to find those empty fields, we must be willing to pray, we must be willing to ask God to show us those things, keep our eyes open, and we must also be willing to go out and to do community service and community outreach that we may find those places and then join God in the task, in the ministry that He would desire for us to have. The second field that we talked about was sowing seed, and sowing seed goes with everyone. We're all to be a part of this field in one way or another. To do like Carolyn just sang about, and to share the gospel with someone else that we know that needs to hear it. We talked about, and we drove home the fact that it's not enough for us to just live a good life, though we are called to be godly examples before all people, We must not think that we can just live the life and then hope that they will guess why we are the way we are. But we must use words and use the Word of God itself to help people to understand that Jesus Christ is the one that has changed us and therefore He is the one that can change them and bring hope into a hopeless world. Third, we talked about caring for the fields. We also called that watering and weeding. That we are all part of a discipleship process. That we are all continually in need of being transformed into the image of Christ. And so even if you're not a teacher, you need to have a commitment to be here and be a part of that process because you don't know how God is going to use you to impact someone else or how He, he, he is going to use someone else to impact you. And then last week we concluded about, by talking about the harvest. Talking about how God has promised us that we if we continue to be obedient in these other areas that He has called us into, that He will provide a harvest. It may not be in the time frame that we think it should be in. It may not be in the means that we think it should be by. And it may not be the outcome that we ourselves have envisioned. But God has designed a harvest and has already blessed a harvest. And we need to be preparing for that. We talked about how we can do that by by being better greeters and and welcoming people and making them feel welcome here as visitors, following up with them, um, and then helping new members as they come into our family to identify what field they need to be a part of so that they may in turn invest in what they have been given. And so this morning what we're going to be doing is looking at why we should join these fields, why we should continue to be in these fields throughout our lives, 
And then making a commitment and saying, today I say before the Lord, this is where I believe he had, would have me to serve and to, to do that today and to be a part of a family in doing so. Hopefully by now you've already found Mark. Uh, Mark 4 has been our theme passage for the entire series because it lays out this idea that we are workers in fields, that we have the ability to go into a field that God has already prepared to plant seed, allow Him to grow it, and then for us to benefit and to be blessed by the harvest. So if you would stand, if you are able, this morning as we honor the reading of God's Word, we will start with Mark four twenty six through 29, and then we will move over to 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus is speaking in Mark 4, and he tells his disciples this. He says, And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Flipping over to 1 Corinthians 15-58. through 58, In chapter 15, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and lays out a beautiful exposition of the gospel. And I hope that you'll take this week maybe to read that chapter And at the end of that chapter, he says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. And God, we are hopeful and we are excited because you desire to use us in the kingdom. And Lord, as we sing, we ask and we beg, Lord, that your spirit would come on this place this morning. Lord, we know and we recognize, Lord, that if your spirit does not fall on the word this morning, that preaching is pointless. We understand that if your spirit does not fall on our hearts and transform us and change us into the people that you desire us to be, to change us into looking more like Christ, that this is pointless that this is just a gathering like any other. But Father, we are confident in knowing that You desire to be with Your people. And so Lord, we pray and we ask this morning that You would do just that. God, help us to hear Your Word. Help us to hear what You are calling us to, that we may today make a commitment to obey You in whatever You would ask us to do. That we would today be a family Today that we would be one body. Lord, help us to, in that, preach the gospel to all by the way we love one another and by our words. We pray this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. For some of you, as you have been listening to these last few sermons, maybe a question has been coming to your mind. You're busy people, we're all busy, we all have things in our lives that take up much of our time, whether it's our family or our jobs, whether it's hobbies, and we all come to that point in our life when we just kind of think, I can't add anything else. And yet we constantly have organizations and other things that call for our time and our efforts and our resources, and throughout the whole 
presentation, we're trying to figure out why we should invest in this. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're in a similar situation where you have heard us preach for the last four weeks and heard us talk about and heard the Word talk about these fields and how we need to, as a church, invest in these places. And maybe you're asking yourself, why? Why should I join that? Why should I give up something possibly so that I can make sure to have time for this? Well, Paul in chapter 15 lays out the main reason why we should join. He tells us that we have been saved. And throughout 15, he lays out this process of how Christ has redeemed us and changed us as individuals, coming to the conclusion then that we are to remain steadfast and abound in the work. He starts off the chapter this way, and I just want to read just a little bit of this chapter to you. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. This is in verse 1 of 15. Which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas or Peter and then the twelve. And then He goes on to talk about others that saw Him as well. And then skipping to the end of the chapter, There's a lot of imperishable imperishables in this, but starting in verse 50, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? And then verse 56, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You ask, why should you join this? Why should you join this church? Why should you join the work that He has put before us to accomplish as sons and daughters? And Paul says, therefore, because of all this, because He has given us victory which we could not have earned on our own, because He has saved us and given us immortality, given us eternity in heaven with Him in paradise. We can abound in the works of Christ. We've all at different times seen movies or TV shows, I'm sure, where we see our hero and he's trying to accomplish this task usually to save the world or to save the universe, whatever it may be, whatever Avengers movie you're watching. And he finds himself in a place where he can't accomplish the task alone. And so he goes to a friend or he goes to someone else and he asks them to do something quite unreasonable usually. 
And the person replies, you're going to get me fired or you're going to get me killed or something else along those lines. And our hero says to that person, don't you remember you owe me? And we understand at that moment that sometime in the past, that hero has saved that person's life and there's now what we call a life debt. And while Christ does not need us, He is all-sufficient, He is entirely capable of doing this task on His own, of saving the world on His own, of bringing the gospel to everyone. He has chosen to use you and to use me to further the kingdom so that we may be a part of the kingdom work for blessing and so that we may look more like Him. And so while He does not need us, while we can never repay all that He has done for us, He has asked each one of us to be a part of this work that He started when He died and rose again. He has asked us to participate in the kingdom, in this eternal work that will never fade, that will never go away, but that it will be imperishable. We talked last week about how we invest so much in things that just are fleeting. And I was reminded by gardeners, thank you very much, that there are things called perennials and that they don't all just die. Um, But they will in the end, okay? But we choose to invest in so many things that in the end are temporary. And yet Christ has given us the opportunity to invest in something that's eternal. And so why join? Because you have been saved, my friend. Because you have been given a gift and you have been given a responsibility to go on with that gift and to tell others what they can have in Christ. The second reason that we see through Scripture is that you have been sent. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we've read this verse many times, but It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Why do we join? We join because we're saved, but we also join because we have been sent. When you gave your life to Christ and asked Him to save you for your sins, you first confessed those sins, confessed that you had screwed up. You asked Him to forgive you. You repented, said that I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to turn and go this other direction. But you also made him Lord of your life. Throughout the New Testament, we see Paul and others call themselves and call us servants of God. That word servant there is actually better translated as the word slave. But that word carries such negative connotation that most of our translators have softened the message. But we have been bought by the blood of Christ Himself. And no longer are our lives our own, but we are under the Lordship of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when He says go, we must go. I think about those men and women who give their lives to the military. And when they sign up, they understand that they are giving part of their freedom up for the good of the whole. They understand that there will come a time when they are asked to do something that may be dangerous, something to to do something that maybe they do not want to do. But they understand that they are under a commander and they must obey. 
And so too, we have been put under the lordship and under the command of Christ. And we must obey that which he has given us. And what he has given us is to go. To work in these fields so that others may hear of the gospel. And that we may all be transformed into the image of Christ. So why join? Because you have been saved. And because you have been sent. Maybe you're here and you have already come to that understanding though that you do need to join. And for many of you, or for at least some of you, you have been active in these fields. But like all of us, we come to that point at times when the work that we have been given feels heavy. And so then we're asking a new question, why continue? Why continue to be a part of this ministry? Why continue to feel to spin my wheels? I feel like I'm going nowhere. And I believe Paul and the Scriptures answer this as well. First, we continue in the ministry because He has trusted us and we can trust Him. I think of so many missionaries throughout the centuries that we could go back and talk about that God has called them out of a place of safety, called them away from their family, put them in a faraway land, and they have served decades there with little or no fruit. But because God is the one that called them out and planted them there, they have stayed and been obedient even when it wasn't easy, even when they did not see the fruit that they expected to see. Why did they stay? They stayed because... They trusted Him. They trusted the Word that He had given them. There are going to be times, if you choose to commit to Him, that you're going to wonder, am I doing any good? Am I doing something that matters? But friend, if you have trusted Christ and are doing the work that He has given you, Paul says in that verse 58, Beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then he finishes with this, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. You are not wasting your time if you invest in the things that He has given you. You are not wasting your time if you're being obedient to that which the Lord has called you to. It may seem at times that you are not seeing fruit. It may seem frustrating at times. It may be discouraging at times. But that's why we do it together. So that we can pick each other up and encourage one another and be assured of the fact that God is doing something here. He is doing something through you. And through the work that He has given you. The second thing that we see in this verse, the second reason we continue is because it's His labor. Throughout 15, Paul lays out the work that Christ has done through the cross and through the grave so that we may be transformed. So that the gospel may come through us. And now in verse 58, he is saying that we have been called to join in that work. That it is not our own plan, that it is not our own prerogative, that it is not our own process, but rather that it is His. 
and that we get to join in that. And so why do we continue? We continue because He has trusted us with that and because we are part, it is His labor and we're just getting to be a part of that. Matthew 24, 45-51 tells the parable, Jesus tells a parable about these two servants. Both servants are entrusted by their master to take care of things while he is gone. And the first servant is obedient and he begins to do all those things that he knows need to be done. It's just like Brett has been trusted while Donna and his dad uh, are out of town that you have been given a responsibility. <clears throat> yeah, hopefully. And you have a choice, just like these boy, these these servants did, of continuing to do the work that you know that needs to be done. One of these servants did all of those things well, and when the master returned, he called that person blessed. The other servant chose to abuse his power, to abuse those underneath him, to abuse the resources that he'd been given, and when the master returned on a day that was unexpected, the master called that servant evil. And he removed him from the service because he was no longer worthy. We too have been given responsibility, given talents, been given authority over some things. And God is calling us to use those things for His glory and for His, response and for His work. And we must do that. So we know why we should join. We know why we must continue in that work even when it seems hard. So the next question is, what fields? What fields is God calling you into? There is not a person here that God is not asking to move into a field or fields, but He has given each one of us a task. God has called you to work in His kingdom. And this is a good point for me to make a side note. Maybe you're a youth sitting here. Maybe you're a young person and you're like, this is just for the adults. I don't have a part in this. You absolutely have a part in this. You absolutely are a member of this family. And you have a responsibility, just like the adults, to find that place where God has gifted you and to serve in that area. Maybe it's helping with Awanas on Sunday night and giving you some of your time there. Maybe it's investing in VBS. Maybe it's helping with food pantry or something else. But you have a place. And most importantly, you have a responsibility in that field of sowing to go into your school and to make sure that those that are there with you know about Christ. Some of you are here or some of you are listening through a recording and you feel like you don't have a place or you are past your prime or you've somehow retired, there is no retirement plan in the kingdom of God. There's not one. If you are still here, then He has given you gifts and talents and wisdom that many of us do not have. And we desire, no, we need you to invest in us. And He has put you in that place for a reason. Maybe you're not able to come and join us on Sunday mornings, but He has put you in a place where you can do a work unlike any other you've ever been able to do before. So none of us have the ability to sit back and say, I'm done, I'm retired, I'm to the point where I can't do 
that. No, all of us are still being called into the work and into the fields until he calls us home. Many times I get high school and college kids and even adults, and you may be asking this same question, okay, what field? What am I supposed to do? How do I know where to go? There are three questions that I always kind of pose to them and ask them, okay, what about this? The first question is, what are your talents? What are the things that God has given you? Just like we talked about the tools this morning that with the children, what are the things that God has given you that He's equipped you specially with for this body, for this place, for a specific field? How will you use those in His work? The second question is, what are your passions? If you are truly following Christ, then He has put things into your heart, He has put things into your mind that you love doing. What are those things? Because often God has put them there and He desires for you to just go after the things that are already passions for you. Maybe you just love being around people. Maybe you love youth. Maybe you love children. Maybe you love serving people through cooking or something else. I don't know what it is that is your passion, but oftentimes God is the one that has put that there. And He desires you to, be able to use that passion in His fields and in His kingdom. And then the last question may seem a little odd. The last question is, what are your weaknesses? What are your weaknesses? Because when we look through Scripture over and over and over again, God calls people to do things in areas where they don't feel well equipped. In areas where they don't feel like they can accomplish something because they don't have that talent. They don't have that gift for that moment. We see Moses make excuse after excuse in front of the bush about how he can't lead people. And God says, that's right, you can't. But I am. We see Paul time and again talk about his weakness in the flesh and how he shouldn't be able to do the things that he's doing. And yet God equips him through his grace. And so don't be surprised this morning if God calls you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Because when that happens and He does something through someone who is ill-equipped, the only thing left to do is glorify God for what He has done. Because we have no ability on our own to do and accomplish that thing. So the, but the ultimate question at the end of this is, where does God want you? Where does He want you to do? This isn't about what I want you to do. This isn't about what you feel like doing. This is about obeying what Christ has put in front of you. So I'm going to ask, if I've asked you to hand things out, I've asked some of our guys to hand commitment sheets out. I know this may make some of you feel uncomfortable. But we're going to, I'm going to ask these guys to hand these out. We're going to go through these sheets together. And this morning, I'm going to ask you, will you identify those areas that He would have you to serve in? The first of those fields we've talked about before are empty fields. Luke 10, 1 through 2 says this, After the Lord appointed 72 others, He sent them on ahead of them two by two into every town and place where He was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
The Holy Spirit is already working in our midst. The Holy Spirit is already doing something with our people. And so maybe it is this morning that as you look at this, the sheet that's being handed out right now, and there should be pencils in the backs of your chairs. If not, you might have to share a little bit. But it may be this morning that you can identify with empty fields. Maybe it is that you need to make a commitment to come and pray with us on Wednesday night. Pray that God would send His Spirit to this place, that He would help us to see where He would have us, and then that He would pour out His Spirit so that we may see amazing things happen for His work. Maybe it is that you need to be a part of community service or outreach. We have some amazing things. We have food pantry. We have an amazing crew that works on food pantry. But maybe you need to be a part of that. It's easy. As long as you follow directions, it's simple. Maybe you need to be someone that comes to that and helps me have good conversations. Maybe you need to be part of helping us with funeral meals. That's an incredible outreach for us to serve those that are hurting and mourning. We have an incredible crew that works with that as well, but maybe you need to join that. Maybe you need to be a part of that. Maybe you need to help us with special events. And I've put for an example there, Fall Festival. Pam did an amazing job with Fall Festival last year, but I guarantee if I ask her, would you rather have more help or less help, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be. But it's an amazing opportunity for us to see people that wouldn't otherwise normally come through the door. And maybe that's just setting up tables with that. Maybe it's just being someone that we can count on to be there to help with the logistics of it. Maybe you're not someone that wants to be in front of people all the time, and that's okay. The second field there is sowing seeds, and it's a field that we all need to be a part of in one way or another. But some specific things that we have down there, we have 2 Corinthians 9.6. It talks about if you do not sow, then you will not reap. Paul is actually talking about generosity there, but I believe it also has to do with the gospel that if we are disappointed by not seeing people come to Christ, maybe it's because we're not telling them. But again, we need to be part of prayer. Maybe you're someone that has been through... um, master plan of evangelism or you've been with share jesus without fear and you feel like god has equipped you or that you could be someone that leads others through those same trainings maybe that's something that you need to put a check mark by maybe you're interested in missions i think i forgot on there prison ministry i could have put that in several different areas but maybe that's one i think that's under the the previous one but maybe there's an area there that you need to get involved in the next one is caring for fields We've talked about the discipleship process. 1 Corinthians 3.6 talks about Apollos and Paul and how they were both part of this work. Each one of us has a place in the discipleship process that we need to get invested in. Maybe it's Sunday school, and that doesn't necessarily mean teaching. Maybe you're someone that can be an associate teacher and you help that Sunday school class to plan events outside of the four walls of the church so that we may build family and community. Whatever that may be, Awanas, youth, and again, this doesn't have to be teaching, it can be many different things, but you feel that God's calling you to be involved in some way in that. And then lastly, harvesting, Mark 4, 8, John 4, 35 through 36, we see God promising us the harvest, and so we must prepare for that. We pray for the harvest, 
We develop follow-up with visitors. We help new members feel how they can identify and we welcome new members. Whatever that may be. But this morning, this morning I'm calling you to commitment. And I believe God is calling us to a commitment. Joshua, before they go into the promised land, calls on the people this day to make a decision. And so too, we must at times stop just collecting information, stop just soaking things up. But we must make a commitment that we're going to allow God to use us in the manner that we were designed for. You've been saved, you've been sent, and you are here. So what are the fields that God is calling you to be a part of? And let me just say this. For some of you, you are already heavily invested in multiple of these fields. I am not looking to add to that burden. You are already examples that we can point to and say, that's what it means to be invested in a church. And I don't want to burn you out this morning, so don't feel like you have to check a new box just because of something. But if you just want to check the things that you're involved in already and, and turn that in, that's fine. But for many of us, Sundays and maybe Wednesday nights are pretty much our entire commitment to the Lord and to His work. And we need to listen to His voice about how we can further have meaning and purpose in this place by His guidance and by His Spirit. So this is what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Alan um, if him and the team would come up and if they would lead us in a time response. And then I'm going to ask this. If you would complete that form, put your name on it, turn in, put your contact information on it, check those areas where God is leading you, We're going to do follow-up on that. We're going to help you to plug into those areas, whether it's myself or whether it's someone that's already in charge of that area. We're going to be getting in touch with you. But I'm going to ask that you fill those out and then that you would bring them to the altar and that you would leave them there. We'll collect them later. But this is a commitment between you and God and not between me, not between the two of us. But this is a commitment for Him. So I'm going to pray and then Alan and them are going to play. And just use that time to respond the way that God has asked you to respond. I'm not going to be up here. That would be kind of awkward, I think. Um, and so um, I'm going to pray and then we'll, we'll just have that time together. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning. And God, there are times that you call us to step out in faith that you call us to sacrifice things in our lives so that we may accomplish what you have put before us. There are times that you call us to do things that are uncomfortable. So I pray this morning, Lord. I pray that you would give us wisdom in the commitment that you are asking us to make. Help us not to make one rashly. Help us not to make one out of our own selfishness, our own ego. But Lord, help us to earnestly listen for what you are asking us to do. And then Lord, help us to be a church that accomplishes much for your kingdom and for your name. That we may see men and women, boys and girls, come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray, be in this moment. 
Be with us as a people. I pray this in your name. Amen. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Take my life, lead me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, teach me, Lord. Take my life, teach me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Take my life, teach me, Lord. Take my life, teach me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Here am I, send me, Lord. Here am I, send me, Lord. Make my life useful to Thee. Here am I, send me, Lord. Here am I, send me, Lord, make my life useful to Thank you so much. It's my hope and prayer that that as we follow up on our commitments to the Lord, that this would be a day that we would look back on and it would be the Ebenezer for us as a church. That it would be the milestone that we could say, God transformed us that morning. And that we would see God do some incredible things. Again, we don't know the outcome. We aren't the Lord of the harvest. But we know that he desires us for us to be obedient in that. And so we go forward from here seeking to do just that. Um, A couple of announcements um, that I need to make. Um, 55 um, and over is holding a friendship banquet. 
and we desperately need you to sign up. I've been told to beg. Please sign up for that. Um, yeah, and please please try to do it today. They're trying to get food together. Also, I needed to let you know that if you're 55 and over, there's been a kind of a change with the food delivery that you need to be, you're responsible for desserts um, and that the rest of it is being taken care of by others. Um, and so please make sure that you sign up for that as well. Um, but we want you to be there. It's, a great, it's going to be a great time of fellowship. Um, so if you're 55 and under, make sure you sign up because Melissa and I don't want to be the only ones there. <clears throat> Not that we don't love our 55 and over, but we want more participation. Um, and so make sure that you sign up for that so that we can rub shoulders and be a family together during that time. Um, one last announcement. Um, Sharon Freezy's mother has been taken to the hospital this morning um, with different health complications. Um, and so the family has asked that we pray for them this morning. Um, and so actually I'm going to ask um, Alan if you would close us and remember her in prayer. Thank you so much for coming this morning. It's such a blessing to have you all here. Um, we love you. Um, and we love being a part of this family. And so we hope that you have a blessed week. Um, and as you go out, that you'll be salt and light to those that you come into contact with. And happy anniversary to Bob and Oh, yes, sorry. I did have that one as well. Bob and Alta are 72, 72 years. Happy anniversary to you as well. Thank you for reminding me of that. Anybody else? All right, God bless. Alan? Father, we, we're truly grateful for the um, vision of seeing lives lived out for you and your glory. And, and Father, we do thank you for Bob and Alta and, and the testimony that they have. And Father, we know there's many in our community that are suffering with health health issues and, and serious things that are going on in their lives. And Father, we lift them up, but especially we lift up Sharon's mom as she's... she's uh, having unknown complications today. And Father, I just pray that you'd be with the doctors and guide their hands and give them wisdom to know what to do. And Father, I just pray for our church foremost and, and that we would be the church that says, here we are, God, send us out to the community, send us out to wherever you would have us to go. Father, just uh, let us be willing. And, and I know we're able already. You've already enabled us and you've already gifted us in many ways. And Father, I just pray that you would uh, send us out to 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 be, work in the fields that you've already prepared and that, uh, Father, we would be all about your business this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.